0: Today's podcast episode is going to be a good one. I am so excited for this topic because I get asked questions about pricing your programs, things around money mindset, business finances, all that good stuff. I get questions about this. All of the time. I'm talking every single day. So, I brought on my friend and financial coach, Mandy Thomas, to talk about how to um, price your programs and how to actually approach your money mindset. Um, This is a hot topic because, as an entrepreneur, we constantly have to be working on ourselves, our mindset, especially our financial mindset, so that when we're bringing clients on, we're feeling really abundant and we're not blocking ourselves from success. So, I'm so excited to have her on to talk about this today. So, Mandy, Andy helps coaches set up a strong financial foundation so they can scale their business. She helps them to know what to do with the money that's coming into their business, know how to save for taxes, pay their business expenses, pay themselves personally, and also continue to grow their business to greater profits. Her zone of genius is taking the complicated back end of your business finances and simplifying it for you so that you can feel confident and like the true CEO of your business. Again, this is such an incredible topic. Mandy is the right person to talk about this because not only is she a financial coach, she's also a certified holistic nutritional consultant. She's taken Canadian School of Natural Nutrition and she really took her health journey and merged it with her financial coaching journey. And she's here to really combine the two of those for you guys and make it really applicable information for you to carry out into your business now. So let's get started. Hi, Mandy. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk to you and I just want to fill everyone in. Um, I love Mandy. She is an incredible human being, um, full of energy, and I'm sure that after this conversation you're going to fall in love with her too. Mandy is a past student of mine from Canadian School of Natural Nutrition and um, she I'm sure you will find out more about her as we go, but um, she took her training from nutrition and actually merged that into um, financial coaching. So she's here today to talk all about um, how to price your programs, how to set up your biz finances, and a conversation around money mindset. So thanks again for being here. And why don't you just get started with telling us just like a little bit about yourself, maybe um, a quick version of your background with nutrition and like how you got into uh, financial coaching.
1: Absolutely. So I'm going to really condense this. So basically I grew up, didn't have a lot of money. I became a power engineer and really loved what I did. I was a six figure earner, but I felt a lot of money anxiety. And I felt like I couldn't talk about it because I did really well financially and I managed my money well and I didn't have any debt. So I just kept that all in for about seven years and I got super, super sick from it. And that's what led me to transition from engineering to go to school At uh, CSNN. So while I was away at school, I actually realized that I didn't want to help people with their nutrition, I wanted to, I was fascinated by the mind-body connection and everything just really made sense for me of why I went through the health struggles that I did. And it was really because I wasn't saying anything about it and it was literally eating away at me. So I went and I applied everything to my own body and made a lot of changes. And from really working on my money mindset, that was actually what helped me to overcome my anxiety and a lot of the health problems that I was experiencing from digestive issues, to um, loss of memory. And I really completely regained my health and had honestly a second chance at life. And that made me realize that if this is my experience from a perceived financial situation, because I had by age 26, I had saved over $200,000. So I was not struggling financially, but I still got so incredibly sick from stressing about finances that what about the people who weren't managing their money as well as I was, that it must be so much worse for them, the financial stress they're going through and there's nobody helping them. And I realized all of a sudden that everything that I had went through that I was used to be really upset about the health problems uh, I realized was my greatest gift because I could now talk to people about their finances from a completely different perspective. Instead of just talking about numbers and debt, I could talk about how it actually changes your everyday quality of life and truly every single area of your life. So after I graduated school, I started my business as an online financial coach and I've been doing this for two years. I absolutely love it. So I began coaching people in their personal finances, and uh I was doing really well at that, really loved it, but then I was also working on my business finances and because you know being an online business owner. And what I realized was even though I coached people on their personal finances and I did really well financially, that I still didn't know exactly what to do on the back side of my business finances. So I dove in, did a lot of work there, a lot of research, a lot of trial and error to make everything come together. And I found there was a lot of information for people who had like a brick and mortar, but in the online space, I found that a lot of times as an online business owner, there was a lot of exceptions to the rule and uh, that's kind of what an online business fell in. So there was a lot of things that I had to do a lot of research behind the scenes. And so then I came to this realization that if even myself doing really well with finances and managing them well, if I had no idea what to do with that business finance, I it took so much effort then what about every single other coach and entrepreneur out there? How the heck would they know how to do that? So that's when I realized, okay, I needed to take the information that I learned for setting up my business finances to help other coaches be able to do that. And that's when I started coaching coaches because I realized there was such a huge need for that. So that is primarily what I focus on my business now is helping coaches with their business finances. And of course we still have to apply Uh, getting their personal finances in order as well. But that's basically the short version of what led me here.
0: Yeah, I love that, Mandy. And it's just another illustration. I have so many guests that come on and talk about, you know, their past job or their past life experience and how it's not necessarily 100% related to what they're doing, but it all led them to that point. And I think same for you, like, you know, you took your experience with nutrition and you really got down to that root cause of what was Um, causing your issues. And it really came out to be money. And I think it's so incredible when you can make your mess your message, right? Um, And I think in this case, the fact that you, like you said, you had that perceived um, disadvantage around money, like you you still had money in the bank, but that feeling of, wow, what about people who actually don't have money in the bank? And honestly, I think so many people don't have money when they start a business and that puts them at a position that they can't invest into the business or they feel like they can't invest into the business right from the beginning. So it ends up being this vicious cycle of, I don't have any money, I can't invest. And then your business doesn't move forward because you're not investing. Would you agree that that you see that happening a lot?
1: Yes, I absolutely do. Because most of the time when we start our businesses, we are the ones funding it. There's not capital coming from somewhere else. And a lot of times, even if you're quote unquote funding it yourself, um, that capital may be coming from a credit card, maybe even a line of credit. And uh, it's very easy to get caught in that. Oh, I can't invest anything until I have money coming in. And I also perceive business finances very different than personal finances. If you're getting a business up and going, It's very different carrying business debt than it is carrying personal debt. Now, I personally didn't take on any debt for my business, but I am I feel like I was in a very different situation than most people I work with. And I think something that not a lot of people share is the vast majority and the most successful entrepreneurs, most of them did take on debt to start their business. So really reframing what your definition of debt is. And then the other thing that's really important is to separate yourself from your debt. You are not your debt and it does not define your worth. I know some of my girlfriends that are very, very successful coaches. They absolutely took on debt in the beginning of their businesses and they actually carried it a little bit longer. You know, they could have paid it off sooner, but they wanted to make sure that they were really up and going well before they started paying more of that off. And that is absolutely
0: okay to do that. Yeah. I feel like sometimes we need that permission that, you know, it's okay that I think you make such a good point that we are not our debt. It doesn't make us any less. It doesn't mean that we're wrong or bad. Like we're still good business owners if we do have to go into debt at some points. But I really want to start the conversation with, um, you know, I have a lot of people listening that are in school or just starting out or in the first few years of their business, and they might not know exactly like how to set up their business finances correctly, what they should be spending money on, where they should be saving. Why don't we just start the conversation with like, what does it look like when you just get started? And what would you do? You know, if you could turn back time and start now, what would that look like for you?
1: Yes. So I love this question because like I said, I didn't know what I was doing at the beginning for my business finances side of things. And what I would do is right away, I would separate personal and business finances. And that's one of the biggest struggles that I see with people is not knowing how to do that. And that was also something for me as well. So what you want to do is everyone has a personal checking account, but what you want to do is you want to get a business checking account. Now that doesn't have to be a quote unquote business account. It can technically be another personal account that's attached to your personal account, that's a checking account, so it's separate. So one you would designate for personal finances and this new one you would designate just for your business And then opening up another savings account that would be for your business for taxes. Now you might not actually be putting anything into that tax account in the first year, maybe even the second year, depending on the growth of your business, because at first you may have more investments or more expenses than you do actually income coming in. And if that is the the case, that is okay. That was how I started my business at first. Being completely honest was I wasn't making more than my expenses at first. And it took some time for my business to get up and going. And I'm so glad that I kept going because now I'm just so proud of what I've built. So what you want to do is, You want to have a good separation between your personal and your business finances and for a couple of reasons. So at first it's going to be really difficult to see where can you be saving money? If everything is co-mingling, it feels really, really messy, kind of like a spider's web. So when you have them separated, you can see like personally where you may be overspending in your personal life that you could save money to be investing more into your business. That's a really big thing. I talk about is dialing in your personal finances because that is the exact basically the pot of money that is funding your business. So you're going to really want to attend there first. And then also having things separated makes it easy for you to see if your business is actually profitable. Now at first it's not going to be, but as it goes on over time, it is going to start to uh, pick up. You're going to have more revenue. But what I see is a lot of people say that they're going to separate things. um, When things get, once you have more income coming in. But what I see a lot of times is that they don't do that. And so for a really long time. They have no idea where their business is at. They know the revenue coming in a month, but that's very different from is the business profitable. I have worked with people who are going to cross the seven figure mark this year who don't have profitable businesses. So don't take high revenue just as profitability because if not, you could increase your expenses with that um, exponentially, so you're not really making anymore. So it's really good to see having them separated. You can tell if quote unquote, your personal finances are actually funding your business or if your business is actually making enough money. And this is important because it makes it so you can actually make decisions that are based on strategy and numbers and real life versus emotions. Cause if you can tell you're not making any money in your business, the sooner you can tell that the more helpful it is for you to be able to make changes and to, you know, change things around to try something different instead of, you know, maybe maybe waiting six months or a year longer because you don't actually know where everything is. And then as soon as you start to see that each month you're making more money than you, uh, you know, your revenue, your net income, so your total sales minus your expenses, once that starts to be a positive number, you're gonna wanna start putting um, a certain percentage of that away into account for to save for taxes. And that's one of the big things I see that a lot of people struggle with is that they don't do this soon enough and then the end of the year comes around, they owe in taxes, and all of a sudden you have to come up with a big chunk that really is difficult for your cash flow. And then what I see is sometimes maybe April, May, June, those months might actually be affected because now all of a sudden you might have that tax bill and you're feeling really scarce And your energy that you're putting out is energy like, oh my gosh, I need to make sales versus how can I serve people? That's two very different energies. And even if you're doing your best to like kind of keep it together, it can easily come across to other people and it can actually affect sales during those months. That's one of the things that I've noticed. So as soon as you can set up those two accounts to keep them separate. And then another thing that will help because in Canada, a lot of times we have American business expenses for the Canadians listening. So a lot of times you'll have, you'll be putting those on a credit card. One of the best things you can do is let's say you already have multiple credit cards, designate one of those cards you already have only for business going forward. So the only thing you put on there is for business. So that's another way that you can actually have it separated. And then what you want to do is you want to that business checking account you set up, that's where you want to link your payments to. So for example, if you use PayPal or whatever it is used for payment processor, link it to that account. And then what you can do is you can transfer out of that to your personal account versus having everything come into personal. So that's what you can do there. If you are still working at um, another job, what you can do is And depending also where you're at in your business, maybe you're making more money in it now, you can apply for a business credit card or just a, let's say you only have one credit card, you can just apply for a second credit card and to have that one as your business credit card. But something that might be helpful is because sometimes in the first couple of years, um on your tax forms it doesn't show that maybe you've made a lot of money so it may actually be hard to apply for a business credit card so if you have another job you will have more income coming in from that so that may be something to look into is maybe applying for a business credit card while you're still working somewhere else, because it may be easier to get approval for it. Um, that's something that it really depends on your, your certain circumstances, but that's something to take into consideration. So setting up those separate accounts, and then also having a business or a credit card that's designated
0: just for business. That's really great advice. Thank you so much for going over that. Um, so would you say that Right out of the get-go, getting started, should somebody have like a certain amount of money to put into their business? Do you like, do you kind of offer that advice to your clients or people getting started that let's just say out of the blue, they need $5,000? Or do you find that a lot of people have zero dollars and you're kind of directing them like how much is kind of the average amount to be spending to fund that first bit of the business?
1: So this is a great question, but it is just, it's so specific to each person. Now I'll give a little backstory. Uh, sometimes it's actually better if you honestly don't have any money because if you don't have really good money management skills, so someone could give you, let's say $50,000 to start your business. And if you don't have good money management skills, you can so easily blow that. So there's a book called the power of broke by Damon. I can't remember his last name. He's off, uh, what? Sharp tank. And it's a really great book. And basically it talks about how if you don't have anything, you just tap into so much more resourcefulness and creativity. And I do truly think that that's one of the best ways to start your business, to be honest, is having less money. Because what I've noticed sometimes if you have access to more funds, you might try and get a whole bunch of stuff set up that maybe isn't as important to be investing into. And then all of a sudden you've drained that amount And you still don't really have sales coming in. And now you're feeling really scarce versus people who maybe don't have anything. And they really just happen to a spending time on doing tasks that actually move the ball forward, which is something that is uh, not talked about enough. It's easy to do back end stuff versus really making yourself visible and going out and having conversations with people. So there's no really certain amount of money. It would really depend on a certain situation. But I would just say the first thing is to, honestly, bootstrap your business, write down all the ways that you can start it off for kind of almost next to nothing and really begin from there. And then also figuring out what are the tasks that are going to bring funds in right now? Because I know when I first started my business, there was definitely some investments that I made that could bring money in later, but weren't going to be putting any money in my account in the first six months. And that was definitely a mistake that I made. And I do see other people making. So figure out what is, how can you actually get customers to work with you now? And what do you, what do you actually truly need to make that happen? Because there's a lot of things that we actually don't need for quite a while to make that happen.
0: Hmm. Okay. So what I hear you saying, you're more on the camp of don't just get all the things in place ready. So when the clients come in, you're like a hundred percent set up, like, grow as your business grows, bring those things in. So you're not like draining your entire bank account right from the beginning, kind of like take it step by step and invest as you go.
1: Absolutely. And I know that was definitely tough for me in the beginning, because I'm a A type personality, I really like to have everything done before people come on. But what I've noticed is you can keep doing that forever. What I would say is have some things in place that make you feel confident to accept clients and to get them coming in the door. So things like, I know for me, one of my things that I love the most was my scheduling system that I use. Uh, I don't want to go back and forth with someone so much and it doesn't feel as professional and it's kind of making it a harder barrier for them to actually pay me and to work with me. So that's an investment that right off the bat, I was absolutely happy to pay for. Um, So there's, you know, you can use a few systems to make it easier to set it up, but they don't need to cost you a lot. So figure out what you need to, you know, feel confident to start taking clients. But also write down, so have a list of do's, the things that you are willing to invest in, then also have a list of don'ts, things that you literally are not going to put your money or your time behind. And I think it's so important to actually physically write it down. So when, you know, customers maybe aren't coming in, that you don't get really, really excited and really emotional and spend money on those things.
0: Yeah, that is so important. That feeling of like, oh my gosh, money just came in. I just booked in two new clients and well, money's out the door. It's gone, (laughs) right? Because we can get so emotionally attached to money. Um, And I really want to talk about this a little bit later when we touch more on money mindset. But I think that this is so common, especially for entrepreneurs, because we can, it's that, you know, up and down kind of iceberg effect where it's like, you know, It looks like things are going well, but then things plunge the next day and then we might get one more client and then we have no clients for a few days. So it's kind of this up and down roller coaster a lot of the time. And if we're just riding the emotions of being an entrepreneur, we're not seeing it from like an outside perspective of like really managing the business in a smart way.
1: Absolutely. I totally agree with you.
0: So why don't we just shift into um, okay? Now we know that we need the separate bank accounts. We need the business credit card. We want to be conscious of what we're spending money on right from the get-go. Now, when we're trying to bring money into the business in terms of setting up our programs or our offers for clients, what would that look like? Like I get this question. All of the time, like all of the time, how do I price my program? So, where do you start when you're working with your clients um, with pricing their program?
1: This is such a great question. So, there's really two aspects to it there's the energetic aspect, and then there's the st- strategic aspect. And the strategic aspect, I'm gonna to touch a little bit more on just because I see a lot of people kind of talking about the energetic aspect, but not really talking about the tangibles, what to sit down and really look at. And so, a few things that I want you to think about there is a lot of people think about. You know, the actual price of something, but I really want you to break that down to see what you're actually getting. Because as a business owner, like when you hear someone make six figures, that's their gross income, that's their total sales, that's not their net income, that's not what they're paid after expenses, and those are two very different numbers, and not enough people are talking about that net income. So that's more so what I'm gonna focus on here. So one of the big things I think is always think about it from a client transformation standpoint. So I really want you to take a step back and really think about how can I price myself and set up my programs and packages in a way that helps this client get the transformation that they're wanting to. If you were to have a one hour session and that's it, or a one hour session, and then maybe additional one hour sessions it's really not going to provide your customer with the transformation. Like think about the health journey that you've been on. And I know personally what I went through, uh, one hour was not transformational. It definitely took time and I needed coaching along the way that dove in many different aspects of it. So think of it from the transformation and I want you to write down like, what do you think would be a good amount of time to work with someone to really help them through the different blocks that they have, you know, the more tangible things, but then also the mindset aspects, And what would that look like? Like, would that be a three-month coaching program? Would it be a four-month coaching program? So I definitely am a huge um, proponent of doing packages and programs versus single sessions. The other thing is single sessions is going to make it so difficult to build your practice that you will feel burnt out and you won't show up the same way you want to as if you have packages and programs set up for your clients. So let's say you have decided to do a a three-month program. So you can think about it from a monthly standpoint like x amount of dollars per month but then what i want you to do is so write that down but then i want you to think about what expenses are you going to be paying in order to make that money so one of the first things is that a lot of people forget about is payment processor fees so let's say for example um paypal they're going to right off the bat as soon as you get that money they are going to charge you a fee uh also depending if you're canadian and you work with American clients a big thing that I recommend is charging your clients in American funds because a they're used to it. Uh, second of all, you are going to incur more fees. Once most of the time as Canadians, business owners, most of our services, I know for me, 98% of my expenses, I pay in us dollars. So already we have a 30, approximately 30% difference to try and make up for in our business finances. So charging your American clients, us funds helps to make up for that difference. And then also just know that if you do charge American funds, you actually will pay an additional fee for the, for charging international funds. Um, and then if you work with people who are in other countries, like I work with clients in, um, Australia, South Africa, I actually pay an additional fee because they're international. So I want you to take into account all of those fees. So that's one of the first things to write down and then write down, like, do you have a payment, uh, a scheduling system. I use a scheduling system. So I'll write that down. I also use a email system because after I've worked with my clients, they will, I will automatically send them an email that is typed up that has all the information, the links, everything like that in there. And so they will get that sent to them. So write down the things, the expenses that you have in order to do that. So then you can see, okay, once you take off these expenses, what does that look like? Now in the beginning, you're going to have less clients. So it's going to be, uh, basically, it's going to seem like a higher amount uh, in expenses because you don't have as many clients to divide that by. But as your business grows, the expense per client will decrease. But I do want you to see what does that look like in the beginning so you can see what that amount was you're originally thinking about per month, minus even your expenses. And then you're left with X amount of dollars And then also take into consideration, okay, so now you've taken your expenses off, but I also want you to consider taxes. So taxes will completely vary by the percentage. There's so many factors. I'm not going to dive into that today, but let's just say about 30%. It can definitely be less. It depends where you live. I have clients that live in California that things are more expensive. there. taxes are higher, so they're going to pay higher in taxes. It also depends on your partner, etc. So right now, maybe you aren't going to be paying any taxes in your first year business, uh, or maybe even your second. But I want you to know right off the bat what that looks like, because as soon as things start to to take off, and you're making more each month, you are going to be paying in taxes. So I would rather have you know what that looks like right off the bat. Because what I notice is a lot of times people who are in the health field, we have went through a personal journey. And we just want to help people. We want them to struggle less than we did. I know I sure want people to struggle less than I did. And, you know, my journey was seven years. I would love for someone to struggle way, way less than that to make their journey much shorter and to see them be more successful than I was in a much shorter period of time. And that's what I see with most coaches and nutritionists out there. So a lot of times, they will devalue themselves um, you know, we will buy into other people's stories. But the thing is we need to pay our bills. And when we feel like our bills are being paid and we are being taken care of financially, we can actually be better clients be, or we can be better coaches for our clients because our mental bandwidth, we have more space for that. We serve them so much better. But when we're coming from a state of scarcity, we truly can't help anyone. I know when when I was making six figures, You would think that I would be doing all these things that I enjoyed, like traveling. I travel more now in my business than I ever did when I was a power engineer because I was so incredibly sick at that time. There was no mental bandwidth. There was no energy. When I got home from work, I was just laying on the couch. My adrenal fatigue was so incredibly bad. I was just trying to rest enough to get through my next set of shifts. So you need to make sure that you're being really well taken care of financially, mentally, emotionally, and physically. So you can show up for your clients to help them get their transformation. And if you're not being paid accordingly, it's going to be really hard. And I do see, um, I do see a lot of times health entrepreneurs actually kind of go through two different stages of burnout. A lot of times they may have went through burnout or they may have went through a health scare or sickness before, which is maybe what led them to this profession. And then they have really made huge improvements. They've got their life back, they go through school or they begin their business, they start helping people. But a lot of times they didn't price themselves accordingly. They haven't had their finances dialed in and they're feeling really financially scarce. I know, I think it's something like 90 some percent of coaches are living below the poverty line, which completely breaks my heart. And so then what I see a lot of times is they get into their businesses And they're really honestly not making any money. And then they almost go through a second set of burnout because they feel like they've been trying all the marketing. They have been trying to serve all these clients and it's like a second burnout. And I know I'm really grateful for me going through burnout before an entrepreneur, because then it really makes me be more strategic and take a step back to make sure that doesn't happen again. So that's why I'm bringing it up here is to tell you pricing has a really big effect on your life all areas and on your clients as well
0: yeah thank you for addressing the like strategic and the kind of mindset point of view because both are so important you know we have to make sure we have money in the bank so we have the energy or we have the um, ability to do all of these things but if we don't if we're drained because you know we're not paying ourselves enough um Or we're taking on too many clients, we're not going to even have the bandwidth to do all these things we want to do with the money we've now made. So it really is um, a true balance. Um, Before we move on, I just wanted to ask if you could um, clarify for people the difference between um, charging like a sales tax to a client and at what point you might be charging sales tax versus um, saving for your income tax at the end of the year. This
1: is a great question. Thank you for asking. So yes, there's two different kinds the taxes, and when people say the word taxes, they're typically referring to income taxes. What you basically file, uh, you know, in about March, April, and then you you know, at the end of April, that's when it's due, and you either you know get a refund back or you owe money. So that is income tax. Now that's the one that most people talk about. The one that people don't really know much about is the sales tax, and that's one of the biggest things that I see that entrepreneurs and coaches, especially in the online space really don't know anything about and don't know if they should be charging it or not. So for example, I'm gonna speak in regards to Canadians. There are certain provinces where you have to pay sales tax. So think of it this way, when you have went to the grocery store and you have seen like the total amount that your groceries were, and you look underneath and you may see that you have paid a tax like PST or GST. That is what I'm referring to. So the sales tax meaning There is an additional tax for what you have purchased, whether it's, you know, goods and services. So that is something that depending on the province that you live in, it is specific to you. But typically once you hit around that $30,000 mark, most people think that that is $30,000 for the year. So they think from January to, you know, December 31st, but it's actually in a 12 month period. So it could be, you know, from March to the next February. So it really just depends. And this is why it's so important to watch. I have all my clients tracking everything on a weekly basis. They know exactly where they're at for income and expenses for the year, every single week. And it's really important to know this because as you start to get closer to, you know, that $30,000 threshold, you will want to make sure that first find out if you live in a province where, if you need to be charging it or not and then find out as of what amount do you need to be charging it. So let's say for example, for you, you do live in a province where you do have to charge it and it is 30,000, we'll watch to make sure that as you're getting close to it, then you have the information to file it. It's not as difficult as it seems. I know it's something that can seem frustrating, but what you would need to do then is you would need to, you cannot charge this without applying for it. You have to apply for it first, you have to have a sales tax number uh, you know a GST number that's what you would need for that and depending on what province you live in it live in they may call it something else so that is basically kind of sales tax and so it would actually be an additional tax you would need to be charging your clients so let's say for example in PayPal uh, you have it all you have it all set up you have your your sales tax number you can go into PayPal and you can enter in the different percentages that you would need to charge. So it would automatically apply to like your invoice. And that is a tax that you are collecting for the government. It is never, ever, ever your money. So what you would want to do is take that money that you're collecting. Once you start doing that, if you need to, and you will want to transfer that. You can also put that in your tax account. So that would mean you're actually saving for two different types of taxes in there. One, your income tax. And then second of all would also be the money for your sales tax. So that is what, um, Sales tax would look like, always please speak to your accountant about it. You can find out more from them. Ask them if you need to be charging it. This is one of the things that I walk my clients through because some of my clients don't have to. Some of my clients definitely have to. And a lot of times, nobody has told them about that. And so it's really important just to make sure that you are taking that into account because you don't want to find out later you needed to charge it and then get basically charged it from your previous purchases. Um, or sorry, your previous sales and then have to come up with that out of pocket. So this would be something that your clients would have to pay additionally on top of your fee as well.
0: Hmm. I know that um, when I started running online programs, I use a program called Teachable. And as far as I know, at least the, the um, package that I have with Teachable, it doesn't actually charge sales tax to my client. So every time someone makes a purchase, I actually have to take the tax off from my bottom line. So really, you have to consider these things. If you're going to go the online program route, the group program route, you know, think about the 30, potentially 30% income tax you might want to put aside. Think about how much, you know, provincial tax you might need to put aside depending on where you live. Um, you know, it's... Even though these things might seem really scary, and sometimes you can even feel like, well, what's the point then, right? You know, when you work a nine to five, they do that all for you. You don't even see that money to begin with. But this is really about becoming an educated and empowered um, business owner. It's really stepping into that CEO role and not seeing your business as a hobby. Like honestly, seeing it as something you want to invest time and energy into.
1: Absolutely. I completely agree with you on that.
0: So um, this has all been so fantastic, the programs, how to set up business finances, we have covered a bit of the money mindset, but I'd love to go into that a little bit deeper because this is where people get so caught up you know we have our money mindset problems from what we learned in childhood you know what we carry into our adulthood our personal finances versus our business finances you know what we're going to spend on versus not our ideas of we're cheap or we're bad with money you know those preconceived notions of ourselves like where do we even start with this conversation yeah
1: (laughs) and one of the important things to know is everyone no matter if you're have a nine to five, or if you're an entrepreneur, everyone should dive into their money stories because it really does hold us back so much. we don't even realize, I know that was personally for me, my dad said so many things on a daily basis that it really became my environment. Like I, I took on his beliefs about money to be mine because I just heard them every single day. And it wasn't until I was, you know, in my mid twenties that I went, Whoa, hold on a second. Like, do I actually believe this to be true about money? Is this actually true? Or is this what my dad believed to be true with the knowledge that he had? And can I choose different beliefs that make me feel empowered versus making me feel scarce? And I also want to say, as an entrepreneur, you actually have to dive a lot deeper into this than someone who has a nine to five, because you are the one who is in charge of the money that's coming in. You really don't have a cap to what you can earn. And the deeper that you go on your money journey, by far the more people that you will be able to help and the more that you will be able to be financially compensated a hundred percent. So that's really, really important to know that. So start diving in and start writing down. Like you can, journaling is the best thing. That was actually a huge part of me overcoming my money mindset beliefs that were holding me back that were causing that anxiety and binge eating and all the health problems that I had was journaling. So you can start writing down, like what are the thoughts that you think about money? What are the words that come up for you? And just allow yourself the space. Like when you first sit down, you might not come up with all those things, but start asking yourself that question consciously. And then you'll start to notice, like even when you're not sitting down to journal, it will come up later throughout the day. And you can start to bring awareness to that. So that's the very first thing is you need to have awareness in kind of what those money mindset blocks are that you have. And then once you've written them down, say like, whose was this? You know, was this my mom's? Was this my dad's? Was it someone else's? And is this true? And so what I want you to do is basically look for proof. So look for someone else out there. A lot of times this works really well. Like look for another entrepreneur who proves this absolutely not to be true. And so I have lots of people that I looked up to in the beginning of my journey. And I went, no, this absolutely isn't true because this person was able to do this and this, and this is exponential. And I started writing down all these online entrepreneurs that were doing incredible. And I went okay, that's absolutely not true. And I know what I'm capable of. So I'm choosing to believe something different. That's way more empowering. And so start writing those things down. And then another thing that's worked really well for me, I know when it comes to affirmations, everyone says to do affirmations. And I find that sometimes they don't work, but when they really work, this is how you can make them work really well for you. So it is something that I have my clients do, but I'm very specific about it. A, write down the affirmations that are really tending to the things that you need the most help with. So what I mean by that is don't just take a money mindset affirmation that someone wrote and start telling yourself that because if it's not specific to you and you don't have a connection to it, it really isn't going to do anything for you. So what I, a lot of times will have my clients do is write down the negative thoughts that they have around money or their money fears. And then let's basically flip it and turn it into the positive. So that's really speaking to that fear they have And then a lot of times we will totally forget to do our affirmations. So I want to make the implementation part as easy as possible, because that's where the change in everything lies is in the actual implementing of it. We can have all the knowledge in the world, but unless you're actually doing it or taking action on it, you're not going to get anywhere. So there's a free app called ThinkUp, T-H-I-N-K-U-P. And you can record yourself saying four affirmations in there for free. And then it puts it to music and I have almost no notifications that go off on my phone, but that one goes off for me every day. And I say to pick a time a day when maybe it's a little slower for you. um, You feel your body slowing down. I know for me, I'm way more high energy in the morning. I'm really creative then. So that's not when I need to listen to that. For me, two in the afternoon is the perfect time. That's kind of when I need that pick me up. So I have the notification set to go off at two and then I will play it. And the cool part about this is, I know I'm a very audio person, so I do really well hearing things, but now you're actually hearing your own voice. So your subconscious mind has a way higher chance of letting it in and really believing it because you are saying it about yourself versus listening to someone else say it. So that's one thing you can do. A big thing that I've done in my business is actually record myself saying different affirmations. So I will record it, upload it to Dropbox and click on it. And every single day I will listen to things that I specifically need to hear. I literally recorded a bunch of stuff yesterday. So that works really, really well for helping you on the mindset. But basically, you know, depending on how old you are, it could be decades that you've heard mostly negative things about money. So this isn't going to change overnight. Like you really have to dive in and do the work here. So I want you to be really repetitious on crowding your mind with as many positive things about money as possible, because it's going to take us some time to work through those negative beliefs that are really ingrained, like honestly into ourselves. So that's where I say like repetition, repetition, repetition. I actually, when I was beginning to do this, I have a spreadsheet that I would put that every single day I wanted to listen to it. And so for me, that was the reminder for the implementation aspect. And I was so excited checking off that I did it every day. So now it's a habit, but that's how I began to do it as a habit. So think about what are all the ways that you can really work on improving your money mindset. And another thing that I want you to know from your client's perspective, so make it not just about you, make it about the people you want to serve too. People in order to get a transformation, they have to pay. I honestly believe that I know when I went through my health journey, that if I was given free health information, I probably wouldn't have taken action on it. I'm a very action orientated person, but I probably wouldn't have taken action. Um, I spent a lot of money on my health and that was why I was able to overcome my binge eating was because I actually worked with a coach that I had to pay her. I did the exercises she told me to, and I was able to get the results. But if it was free, it probably, you need to have skin in the game. Your clients need to have skin in the game. They need to actually feel uncomfortable and to have put money on the line. And a lot of times think of it this way, like think about when you go to the buffet, you probably eat more food than you need to because you're like, I want to get my money's worth. Or, you know, like honestly, so think of it the same way. Your clients, they are, if you make them pay and it's a little bit more uncomfortable versus a $30 ebook, how many people have bought $30 eBooks or bought really low-priced offer things and they haven't, A, they haven't done the work, they haven't even made it through the, the course, anything like that. But when they pay more money, they're gonna show up differently for it, and you need to challenge them. And that first challenge a lot of times is them paying X amount of dollars. So think of it this way: I know there's a huge correlation that I see with the coaches that I work with the coaches that you know are charging higher rates you also definitely you need to have skills 100% i'm not telling you to just charge a whole bunch of money and not be able to provide the transformation i want you to have amazing customer service have an incredible program really support your clients but if you are charging really low price it's going to be hard to get your clients to buy in and that can be one of the most frustrating feelings and a lot of times i'll see that that's when people might want to actually quit what they're doing as an entrepreneur is because a they're not getting paid very well but also their clients aren't getting the results that they want them to versus when you increase that and now they have more skin in the game so think of it from this this standpoint you are literally helping them to be more committed to themselves because they have provided a a financial commitment to themselves it's the same thing like when i went to school at csnn and i was doing my case studies I posted on Facebook that I was looking for people and I truly wanted the hardest ones because I wanted to learn the most from them. And those were the people I wanted to help the most because they were really sick. And I had a lot of people apply and they said, I will do anything to get feeling better. And I was like, awesome. I'm so excited. And then when we actually started working together and I put hundreds and hundreds of hours into the work that I did, it was the most frustrating feeling for me when those people didn't take action and they were the people I was giving them my heart and soul and everything, but because it was free, they didn't take action on it versus if they would have paid for it, they could have completely got a completely different transformation because they now had skin in the game. Does that make sense?
0: Oh yeah. And like, everything you were saying, I was like, I can completely relate in terms of, um, case studies, totally the same thing. You know, we give this plan to a, to a client or pretend client and, Um, it would could literally probably solve all of their life problems. And they wouldn't do anything with it, right? You know, because there was no financial aspect to it, there was nothing kind of pushing them or Yeah, like you said, putting skin in the game to make them feel like now's the time to implement. And I also saw that when um, my prices when I first started coaching, and I had a group or sorry, not a group program, when I had a, a three month program, I first started that around the $500 mark, and a few people trickled in, some people saw, results. Some didn't, you know, some were into it, some weren't. Um, And then when I jumped to double my prices, almost, you know, $1,200, $1,300, people got so much results. People showed up, they did the work. And it really showed me, it was such a good example to show that when you charge more, that doesn't mean that less people come in. For me, my experience was that more people came in and more of the right clients came in, more of the clients that were aligned with me and wanting to get the work done and were accountable and were motivated. And that really, truly made the experience like a hundred times better. I'm so glad
1: you shared that because that is a hundred percent true. And like you said, the right clients, there's lots of clients out there, but we are not supposed to work with everyone. So that is so good. What Stephanie just said there, that was absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely my experience. I hear this with so many people and it it, same like you, it breaks my heart when I see people, um, you know, these clients coming in that want to feel better. And then because we price our services too low, we're not giving them that motivation to actually put the work in. Um, So that's not to say like, like you mentioned before that we're pricing things incredibly high just to pull people to a certain standard, but we're definitely pricing at the place where we feel comfortable and confident and we have enough coming in. Our clients feel good. They're putting the work in. It has to be, again, I said balance already, but it has to be a really, really good balance between yeah, the two. I wanted, yeah, I wanted to also bring up, um, you mentioned ThinkUp, the app, and you actually told me about this probably like a year and a half, two years ago. And I use it all the time, Mandy. So you'd be really proud. I love that app. And for any of you out there wondering if doing an affirmation, recording your voice, doing it, if that feels weird to you, Honestly, it felt a bit weird to me at first, but I get into such a groove when I listen to these affirmations. I'll go for a walk on the beach, I'll listen to it over and over and over, and I swear it like changes the chemistry of my body, because I'm in such a different state after listening to myself say these positive, uplifting um, affirmations or mantras about myself, that it really changes it, and I will... Honestly, say that when I'm in this like heightened state of um, consciousness or awareness, and my money mindset is in a really good place, or I'm in the process of bringing it to a better place, um, clients start flowing in, and my business does a lot better when I'm working on my money mindset. And myself. yes,
1: I'm so glad that you shared that, and uh, it really just makes such a big difference. Like I said, everything is about the implementation. Anything you heard here today, you might be like, Yes, I have this great knowledge. But unless you act on it, you're not going to get the change you want. So please, whatever resonated with you here today, please take action on it right away so you don't forget about it. Because you know, as an entrepreneur, there's just so many things to do. So write down, you know, maybe a couple of notes or a couple of things you want to take action on from this and then take that action right away.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like you said, that repetition, like don't just do this once. This is over and over and over until it becomes a habit, until you can bring it to that next level. And it's like really ingrained in who you are. So I'm going to throw you on the spot here, but I know you're a pro at reading. <laughs> like, and you're one of the people I know that reads or listens to audiobooks the most than like anybody I know. And I know you have so many great recommendations when it comes to um, financial books or any kind of um, personal development books. So can you just name a few off the top of your head that you think people could um, look into to really help them shift their Absolutely. mindset? Absolutely.
1: So there's kind of, I think four that are my really, really big favorites. So the, you are a badass at making money. Jen Sincero. That's an amazing one. Unleash your inner money babe by Catherine Zankina. That's another good one. Get rich, lucky bitch by Denise Duffield Thomas. That one's really incredible. That one's a very, very energetic book. And, uh, Me being a really strategic left-sided person, that was an incredible book for me. So I would say probably those three would be the, oh, and um, The Infinite Power to be Rich. I think that that one is what that one's called. The wording might be off slightly there, but that was another really good one. Um, So those are four for the money mindset. I will also leave you with one really tangible business one. There's a lot of different business ones that I just didn't care for as much, but one called Profit First is one that you should, maybe if you don't read right away, put it on your list to eventually read it. It's amazing and it talks about a lot of reasons why entrepreneurs may struggle and it really completely shifts your perspective of how to manage the the back end of your business finances. So that was an incredible
0: one as well for the really like tangible aspects. That's awesome. And um, why don't you go ahead and just tell us how we can or how everybody in the um, community can connect with you. And if you have any programs that might be able to help them set up their business. Sure. So
1: Instagram is the best place to follow me. I'm at Mandy Thomas and Mandy has two whys. I share a lot on my Instagram stories there about lots of tips specifically for your business, but also a little bit for your personal, too, because that is really important as well. You can look on my website as well to see how it is that I work with coaches specifically. And there's kind of different stages that I help to take you through. But first is really getting that solid foundation in place for you to be able to take on more clients to earn more money in your business. And you can check out my website. That's mandythomas.com with two eyes slash profit that's specifically speaking to how it is that I work with coaches. And I have a Facebook group that I'm going to be relaunching right away. So I will share it in the show notes with Stephanie. Um, I'm not going to say the name just yet, because I might change it, but it will be launching right away. So you can join me in the Facebook group. And uh, so Instagram is really the best place to come follow me on there.
0: Yeah, you're definitely super active on there. I love all your like infographics, and you share so much. Like every time I watch your stories, I'm like, man, I need a pen and paper to just write this stuff down because <laughs> you are like a treasure chest of knowledge. It's good. it's incredible. So thank you so much for coming on. I mean, I always learn so much when I um, hear from you. I'm sure everybody learns so much. I'm excited for them to join your community. And yes, I'll make sure that everything is in the show notes so they can connect with you. And thank thanks you so again. Much.